Hello, this is Jordana Barakov, Yavna Academy's middle school dean and your host of the Red Hawk's Nest podcast. Thank you for being a part of our Red Hawk community and tuning into this episode. I hope you fly away from this episode with a deeper understanding and appreciation of the narratives, values, and soul of our nest, Yavna Academy. Hi, everyone. I want to welcome everyone to the Red Hawk's Nest. Okay, we're continuing going through and meeting and talking to so many wonderful people. And today, I must say, this is kind of nerve wracking for me as a person. I have in front of me via Zoom, the person who hired me and then was my boss for X amount of years. And I have my current boss in front of me for now 20 something years. So you know, a person in my seat should be a little nervous. And guess what? I am. But <laughs> without further ado, no need. No I'm need. really here for Rabbi Kualasser, who hired me so many years ago and really, for me, gave me life. And he gave life to so many people at the same time. And so it's such an honor, a pleasure, and such gratitude, I feel, that I would like to introduce Rabbi Kualasser. Can you please introduce yourself? Rabbi Jean Kualwasser, or that was known as Eugene Kualwasser. I have the honor of being called Dean Emeritus at Yavna Academy, having been with the school from 1977 till August 2008. And my wife and I made Aliyah December 31st, 2008. And uh, it's a pleasure to join you and to be with you. And yes, Jordana, I remember when, and I am really very pleased to see where you are now, together with so many other young men and women that walk through the corridors of Yavna, that I had the pleasure of training, teaching, working with, and enjoying. Two things that you said that I want to comment on. You said walk. You never walked, Rabbi Qualser. Rabbi Qualser was always running. On the move. On the move. Rabbi Qualser, you were known for that. You would never walk from one class to the next. You were always running, always moving. And the other thing that I think was so unique is the training, that you added that to your description because that is par excellence. I think that's what set you above everybody else at that time period. When somebody came to work for you, we were trained. You met with us in the summertime, at least for myself, I remember. I met with Rabbi Solzman. I remember the two of us together, sat in your office every week, prepared our lessons. You reviewed it. And here you were, the principal of the school. You could have had anybody else do it. But you took a personal interest in the people, in the students, in the teachers. And that's why I truly feel that it was so successful. Because when you started, Rabbi Kowalser, how many kids were in the school when you started way back when? 385 children of the vast, vast majority were in early childhood into grade one, and that was it. But there were people that wanted Yavne, not because it was a Jewish school, but because it was a private school and so they didn't have to send their kids either to the Catholic school or to the public school when they were that young. And by the time they were in first grade, second grade, they started going wherever. Mm. By the time we got to the junior high school in my first year, the entire junior high school 
was probably under 60 students. Sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And then when you left, the school went from 300-something. When I finished, I believe that the registration is pretty stable, was around 800. Correct. And I think that's where you are now. What is terribly important to know is that my vision of Yavne, because I felt that there was a vision and a mission, and there were very important things for me that the school would be offering and would be part of the heartbeat of Yavne. And the heartbeat, number one, had it become an outstanding educational institution. Correct. Number two, it had to be a school which was fun, where there are going to be all kinds of creative programs. Number three, that the students need to understand that they are my ambassadors out to Bergen County and wherever they're going. And their approach to life and the way they act is a reflection not just on them, but on the Yavna community. And then above and beyond all that, the school is going to be what we would say in Israel, a Dati Le'umi Torani Sioni institution. <laughs> Israel loves labels. Uh, and I'm putting all of them together. Beautiful. Because my mission is that it's going to be a modern Orthodox school. But it's not going to be just modern Orthodox. It's going to be Zionistic. And Torah is going to be very important. And everything else has to blend in to what my feeling and my mission was in order for the school to grow. I see Rabbi Knapp is itching to say something, and I also have something to say, but I'll give Rabbi Knapp a turn. Well, I want to thank you, Maura Barakar, for allowing me to participate in this magical conversation. And Rabbi Kwawasser, you as well, you hired me and trained me. And I hope that you now, as we continue to talk about the school, have tremendous nachat in thinking and realizing that those core values that you're describing are still the core values that guide us today. And to me, it's absolutely mind-boggling that when I do the math, you came to Yavna in 1977. The school started in 1942, was 35 years old. We're now 80. And one of my hopes and dreams is that people will come to recognize just how much work and thoughtfulness and vision went into creating Yavna Academy. And as I listen to you describe your dreams for the school and the academics and the fun and the sense of community, I guess for you to know those are still the values that guide us. I hope that really um, provides you with such professional and also personal satisfaction. And thank God. And I want to say that my years with Rabbi Qualser, it's not that you just had that vision, Rabbi Qualser. You made sure the vision came true. When you talk about Torah knowledge, you gave a Torah class. You were in the classroom, part and parcel of it. When you talk about creative programming, you were there. You were there at all the Holocaust plays. You were the right-hand man <laughs> to Mrs. Weiss. Talk about the Israeli Day Parade. I still have a vision of you walking down Fifth Avenue, you know, holding a flag. Everything you spoke about, you walked the walk. It wasn't just a talk for you. Thank um, you. People can have vision, but when you don't follow through with it, meaning you don't take action, the words mean nothing. You had built such a strong foundation that we stand on today. 
that we continue with the legacy and the vision that you've had. And that's what makes it so beautiful. And that's why it's such an honor to speak with you. I want to add one thing at this point before we go into some of the other details. Yes. There's one point that I have to mention, the memory of a man named Irving Gelman. Irving Gelman was a Holocaust survivor together with his wife, both of them. And Irving Gelman had taken on the presidency of Yavne exactly before I arrived with the condition that he was going to choose the next principal of the school. Because unfortunately, up to that point, the school had gone through many administrative changes. But the point is, is that Irving Gelman and Jean Qualwasser hit it off. I saw him not just as a father figure, I saw him as a man who was committed to the very, very, very same ideals of what I wanted. Even though I had an awful lot to learn, there was so much to learn on how to run a larger operation. And obviously with 385 children, then it grew to 400 and a little after 400, I have to tell you, I was able to move at a pace, but at the same time, I was growing with the pace professionally. Mm -hmm. And I had an unbelievable support from Irving Gelman. Mm -hmm. And may his memory just be an everlasting legacy. And I never stopped thinking about him. But for Yavne, he really was the man who helped transition the school from where it was to where I wanted to start taking it. You've mentioned his name many times. He was a very special individual. That was one person. Mm -hmm. And then I have to tell you, there was one other individual who made my life unbelievably rewarding in order to be able to accomplish what I wanted. And she was my right hand, my left hand, my right ear, my left ear. Rebecca Gordon, let me tell you, Edna would always say to me, don't you ever get angry at Rebecca Gordon because you're going to have two women to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) One of a kind, Rebecca, one of a kind. We worked together for many, many years before the computers arrived. (laughs) And we each had, you know, pencil and paper, but I would keep on repeating the items in my head that when I get home, I got to write down, but this is what we need to address tomorrow. And I would put the piece of paper in my shirt pocket. And of course, came to school, you had to get started the day, there was tefillah. I would always teach in the morning, the first period. And by that time, things were quiet in the office. I would walk into the office and Rebecca would be there. And I would take out this piece of paper. She would open up her purse, take out a piece of paper, 99 times out of 100, the same items were on both pieces of paper. (laughs) So you need to understand that a lot of my strength came from the support system that was built into the school. And she was a major part of the support system. Absolutely. Support is key. I love that concept to know that for a school or anything to do well, we need the support of others. When you hear the word Yavne, what comes to mind? Like, is there like a word or maybe a memory that might come to you when you hear Yavne? Excellence. 
Excellence. Yes, that's the word on the street, right? <laughs> and I know that was back in my day. Excellence. Right? <laughs> Excellence. Excellence in terms of curriculum. Excellence in terms of Yiddishkeit. Excellence in terms of commitment to Torah. Excellence to Zionism. I mean, that's what it's all about. Right. And the truth of the matter is, I know that today it's very fashionable for everybody to have very extensive special ed programs and enrichment programs. Well, let me tell you what it was between 1977 and 1981. In 1977-78, we had nothing for any kind of enrichment. Forget about that. And there was nothing addressing the needs of special children. In 1978, there was a state senator by the name of Maddie Feldman. I don't think the name would mean much today other than somewhere if you have the old plaque from way back when, the name would be up there. Maddie Feldman, at the urging of a number of our lay leadership, brought to the state senate in New Jersey the need to have some kind of special services mm. because it was in its infancy. The concept of special services of children with disabilities was just getting started. What ended up happening was because we live in a very interesting world, was that because of the separation of church and state, and we were not permitted to get somebody from the state to walk into the school, they outfitted a yellow school bus with some desks and a couple of chairs and some accessories. And the little children in first, second, third grade who were designated to go to this bus maybe once a week or twice a week or three times a week. And Patterson winters, New Jersey winters are not easy. We had to get their boots on. We had to get their jackets on and walk them so they wouldn't fall on the ice to the yellow school bus. And this went on. By the time the spring rolled around, I went to the board. But first I had spoken, of course, with a couple of the key people from the board, Irving Gelman, Arthur Friedman. And I said, guys, there's a need. We've got to address it. This issue with our children going outdoors to a yellow school bus, this isn't working. We've got to find money in the budget to be able to bring somebody in. But that was the beginning of our special ed services when Selma Lash got started at the school. Very, very slowly. Just, there wasn't enough money. It just didn't exist. Wow. Those are the stories that are so captivating and so compelling for people to realize what schools were like. Schools were excellent then. And Yavne in particular was so far ahead of its competition, so cutting edge. And all of the ways that you had to innovate. You came here in 77. Yavne did not look anything near what it looks like today. To build and to have the wherewithal and the foresight and the capacity. It's something that I hope people will come to recognize when they think about the school. It was a different world, a different world in 1977 than we're living in today. And I don't just Absolutely. mean technology, so much of what was going on, the population, the training, the efforts, we talked about the work to bring us special ed into the school. I never want people to take that for granted. And that's something that we're incredibly, to this day, indebted to you for, Rabbi Paul Wasser. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Thank you. That was really 
terribly important to me. I remember something that you taught me very early on. You would look across at the great landscape of Jewish education and reflect with pride as to the number of former faculty members at Yavna who had gone on to areas of tremendous leadership and significance in other areas of the Jewish community. People who were willing to work hard, and this is going back to how we started with Jordana. I can come here and be trained and know from there I can go out and make an impact. And it takes someone who wants that. They have to be willing to work hard to be mentored. It's not easy work, but ultimately it's very rewarding work. And that's something that I still think about today, looking for those type of personalities, even recognizing they may not stay in Yavna forever. And that's okay. While it's about Yavna for sure, and that's my responsibility, it was your responsibility, it's our responsibility, there's a greater responsibility to the Jewish community. And if we can take people and create and build Jewish leaders, what a that's, great service. That that's it. Yeah. And that was part of the mission. Now, looking back at your Yavni years, if you could pick like one of the fondest memories you have, I know I'm sure you probably have so many, but there, there are so many. I'm going to focus on three. Here we go. So the first one, the international recognition that Yavna had in 1995 when we were awarded the Pras Yerushalayim for excellence in Torah and teaching Zionism and our commitments to modern orthodoxy and Sionos. And I have to tell you, it was a tremendous gift in terms of the understanding that what we are doing is really being recognized locally throughout the United States, and it was recognized in Israel as well. And that was very, very, very meaningful to me. That year, 1995, was the year that I was in Avegla for my late father, and we went to Israel. Edna was with me. The president of the school at that time was a man named Martin Carton, and the honor that we received from the Jewish agency, from the Sachnut, that week was really terribly meaningful. And when we came back to New Jersey, it was equally received with great fanfare among the faculty, the parent body, the student body. We had programming. It was very special. Number two, I was hoping that it was still there. So when you had sent me this question, I said to myself, I wonder if the Sefer Torah that we brought over from Vizgov Czechoslovakia, you know, schools go through changes and plaques go up and plaques go down and things get changed and what is valuable today is not necessarily important tomorrow. It's still there. And I have to tell you that it became part and parcel of our annual Yom HaShoah program to the community. Still is. And the Kale Mole that Kander Isidore Singer, Allah Shalom, recited each and every year was extremely meaningful. After we received that Torah, a couple of months later, I received a phone call, and I do not remember the name of this gentleman at all. I suspect that he's no longer with us. He was living at that point in the United States Virgin Islands, and he identified himself as the son of a survivor from Viskov, Czechoslovakia. Wow. And all he said to me was, the chances of our meeting 
are very low. Says, but all I ask of you is that I was sent information from London, where we received the Sefer Torah from, that you have the Sefer Torah from Viscoff. Please make a mole in memory of the community, even though none of the people were people that you would have known. The community is gone. Please don't allow it to totally disappear. Every year in my day, we made a mole in memory of the Jews of Viscoff, Czechoslovakia. One more, because crazy Rabbi Kualwasser, which is I was also known as when it came to some wild creative ideas, came to school one morning, and I think that when I told a couple of people what I'm about to do, they said to me, you're really nuts. And I said, okay, that's good. If I'm going ahead with that. And I pulled the sixth grade together, if I'm not mistaken, and I told them some kind of sob story, which they really didn't believe. So I said, well, if you don't believe it, then the answer is color war. And I walked out. And I decided that color war was something that needed to take place because the long, dull, dreary, snowy, icy winter days when everybody is just blah, you need to be perked up and picked up and let's get some ruach in there. I was, I think, the very first school that ever did color war. Today, everybody does it. (laughs) I wouldn't say everybody, but many places do it. And we didn't do it in the same time frame. That was that first year. And then as time went on, you know, there were different things. And everybody, of course, was trying to guess when it was going to break out. <laughs> All right. But the fondest breakout for Color War was another crazy idea. Howard on the horse? Okay. Well, you got it. <laughs> now, it wasn't supposed to be a horse. Because the theme of the Color War was going to be La'at La'at. It was supposed to be a donkey. It was talking about Yimei HaMashiach. Yeah. It's going to be a donkey that's going to come. We looked around, and I had three people looking for a donkey. We couldn't find a donkey, so we took a pony. Okay? <laughs> anyway, let me tell you. The pony arrives with the guy who is, I don't know, the owner. owner. I don't even remember exactly how I pulled it together, but we pulled it together. It's in the parking lot, and this nobody really knows. So I'm going to tell you what happens is that Rebecca Gordon, who knew that I teach a class in the morning, and, you know, unless, God forbid, it's life and death, I don't want to be disturbed for those 40 minutes. She comes knocking at the door, and I say, no, 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 no. And she goes, yes, come to the door. Anyway, I go to the door, and she says, you need it outside. The health department just showed up for an inspection. I said, Rebecca, you're teaching Chumash. I'll go take care of the health department. (laughs) Anyway, first I ran outside and I said to the horse driver, I said, please go get yourself a cup of coffee. And I had something in my wallet. I think I had a a $20 bill in my wallet. I said, here, come back in a half hour. Everything went well. And we all said goodbye to each other. The guy came back and we had Howard Goldberg sitting in my office all dressed. And we got him on the pony horse. And it was Purim time. So... The kindergartners didn't understand anything about color war, but they said, oh, Mordecai is here. (laughs) It was wonderful. Those are memories. Let me tell you. Great memories. Those are unbelievable memories. It was absolutely wonderful. You don't come in as often. You don't have a compelling reason as much. If for any reason you're here, we'd love to just sort of do a, literally a walk down memory lane together. Thank you. It would be great. But, but before we say goodbye, there's one question that we end with. This is like our tradition. I'm ready for One it. question. You ready, Rabbi Kuala, sir? Go. What is your favorite Chag? What is your favorite holiday? My favorite Chag 
is Leo Haseder. Oh, now, yes. Let me explain to you. When the family lived in the States, there was two nights and two days. You come to Israel, it's one. And my daughter, who's very creative, and my son, who's very creative, I mean, all three of my children, very creative. But I suppose when we sat down and we wanted to come up with something different. And initially, basically what ended up happening was we just developed a very long discussion for what was going to take place later. But this thing goes through many, 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 many evolutions. The grandchildren are all grown today. In Nahara, we have three of them married and one that's engaged. Thank God, people are growing up. But what ended up happening is that we started dividing the family into teams, and there is a mini color war. And what basically goes on, there is a theme, and we would have songs, we'd have a skit, some kind of an exposition on, on a chart or a game. Throughout the evening, and the evening does not end at 9, 10, or 11, the evening goes on till usually 3 o'clock in the morning. It all began because you just got to think creatively. And if you think creatively and you work at that, the benefits and the dividends are endless. And I think that's such a beautiful way to end because that's so true to your legacy, Rabbi Kualoser. Your creativity that you brought to Yavna all those years is just who you are deep down inside. And that story that you just shared with us just shows that color is color wherever you go. (laughs) Something that you truly believed inside. And that's the beauty. And I think that's the beauty of Yavna. The people that work for Yavna and that started Yavna are people that live it. It's not a job but this is who we are. And that's what's so beautiful about it. So it's such an honor to be here with, with Rabbi Qualser and Rabbi Knapp. Thank you so much for the time, Rabbi Qualser. My pleasure. And just uh, you should be successful in all of the interviews and you know the results should produce the dividends of what you guys are uh, looking for. Amen. Thank you. Amen. This concludes this episode of the Red Hawks Nest Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. We would love to hear what you thought about today's episode. To learn more about our school, visit yavnaacademy.org. As a Red Hawk myself, I pray that all remains well with you. And let's soar together. Speak to you next time.